You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, it was sad to be away for the weekend, but it was a productive weekend, so I can at least feel good about that. I do hope you've missed me. Um, I do have um, on the YouTube docket, for those that are YouTube subscribers, five days planned out. These are all scheduled for noon o'clock. We've got today the Dallas Cowboys 2021 seven-round mock version 2.0. Tuesday is the Giants. Wednesday is the Browns. Uh, Thursday is the Raiders. Friday was supposed to be the Steelers, but I took a couple liberties and made it the Packers. Um, These are the five, well, minus the Steelers, the five best fan bases in terms of views that I've gotten on my videos. The Dallas Cowboys blow everybody out of the water. I wish I could sit here and say the Packers are the most dominant by far. They came in number six. And considering that a lot of my subscribers are Packers subscribers, that's kind of brutal for me. So, you know, it it may not even be sixth. I'm confident, though, Friday's video is going to blow everybody out of the water. So, well, I don't know. We'll see. But I did change the format a little bit just so I can save some time. I'm curious how people are going to react. I kind of took the quality down a bit, but I also upped the uh, the insights and whatnot. It was a little bit more of a live. It was live. A couple of them, I, it, you know, it became live. <laughs> when I started, I was doing a lot of pausing. And, and then by the end, I was like, ah, let's just go all the way through, which is awesome because I can do it a lot faster, which means I should be able to do this more often, which is exciting. I have a 75% like to dislike radio on my Packers mock that hasn't even gone live yet. Packers fans, man, I'm telling you, 100% for the Raiders. Just random people giving likes. 91% for another video. Who is randomly giving me a thumbs down on a freaking video that you haven't seen? You guys are nuts, man. Oh, I love Packer fans. Anyways, we are just about a week away from uh, the free agency period, so things are happening fast and furious, and they're going to keep happening faster and furiouser. And so we should be having quite a bit of fun. Doesn't necessarily mean it's all going to be good news, but it's all going to be fun news. Hopefully those two things intersect. We're going to get a whole lot of that whole, you know, soap opera for dudes thing. I'm hoping that some of that soap opera is kind of cool stuff and not like, oh, we signed Trey Turner. Great. That's wonderful. By the way, that is that that was my nice little segue into some NFL news. The Chargers are shopping guard Trey Turner. The only reason I bring this stuff up is because usually when when these rumors head out, everybody wants to know, what do you think about this guy? Just remember, Trey Turner is a Chargers offensive lineman. (laughs) He's terrible. The Chargers have a putrid offensive line, and Trey Turner is um, the poster boy for terrible offensive linemen. Also, I want to kind of take a little segue here. Thank you to everybody who gave me the Marvel tips. I went on Twitter, and I knew this was going to be a big thing because there's a whole bunch of superhero nerds out there. 
but I just wanted to watch WandaVision. Everybody's been talking about it. I didn't even know what it was. I just, I don't know, something about robots. At first, I thought it was, I I honestly thought it was like a Wanda Sykes stand-up comedy thing. And I'm like, she's pretty funny, but I don't know. Maybe it was like a sitcom for Wanda Sykes. Because she kept popping up on Ellen. And then, so I see her, and then I see WandaVision, and I'm like, okay, it has something to do with Wanda Sykes. And then I see something about robots. I'm like, what is happening here? Then I watch the show, and like the first two episodes are just stupid. Like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna just get really mad at everybody that's been talking about Wandavision. Like I feel like I'm getting punked. Like there's this really stupid show. We should all just go on Twitter and talk about how great it is. Anyways, then I find out it's like tied into Marvel, and they're and I'm kind of getting into it, but they're making references to stuff that I don't understand. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, you got to watch like every Marvel movie for this to make sense." Like, oh come on, man. But then I kind of got excited about that idea. Like, I don't really like superhero movies. I think they're a little overly cheesy and whatnot. Can't really handle the cheese. Also, there's there's just a little bit too much unrealistic stuff. They do a pretty good... I'm pretty impressed, because usually you look at it and like, that that would never happen. I'm still not entirely sure what the point of uh, Captain America is. Can he not be shot by bullets or can he? I think I missed it, like, early on. I feel like he got shot and nothing happened, but I don't know. He keeps using that shield. But if he can get shot, then it's just, that guy, either way, he should go away. The shield thing is stupid. So what, he's kind of strong? They're all strong. That guy's useless. But otherwise, it's pretty, you know, fairly, I mean, I shouldn't say realistic. None of it's realistic. But it's not like Fast and the Furious stupid, where none of that the things that happen are interesting or realistic. But anyways, I've been doing a marathon, but I was just asking people, should I do it chronologically or order of release or whatever? Most people said don't do chronological, and I believe that that was the right thing. Disney Plus has it like phase one, two, three, four, or whatever, so I'm just going through the phases. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's exactly in order of release, but it's pretty close, and it's been uh, pretty decent so far. Kind of getting tired of all of them feeling like the exact same movie. Like They all have the exact same opening, right? It's, you know, it's dark. They're out somewhere either in a desert or in the snow or on a road. I don't know. It's like a research vehicle or a truck, and there's this cinematic music. It's the exact same thing every time over and over again. Just different person who gets different powers in a different kind of way. But whatever. It's interesting, I guess. I don't know. I just, I, I just, I like the fact that it's a marathon, and I think it's kind of cool that they intertwine. So I'm kind of digging it. We'll see how it goes. Also kind of hope it gets better. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Anyways, thank you for your advice. And yes, I would recommend um, not doing chronological because there's a whole lot of stuff that even even though my brain is like, we got to go chronological because I hate this jumping around stuff. It doesn't really, the chronology doesn't really matter from what I've seen anyways. It's like, I don't, I mean, who cares? It doesn't really matter which one happened first. It's like, they just kind of give you the individual stories and then they come together. Like one of them was in World War II. Well, obviously that happened first, but it's not relevant to the story. But then, you know, again, they've got all kinds of things that progress from when they were released, so... That chronology is more important. Anyways, Green Bay Packers. I want to talk about an ex-Green Bay Packer to start with. This is one of those things where I think there's been a slow snowball of a narrative that's not necessarily correct that um, I think I've been on the wrong side of as well. But it's been kind of used to put a black eye on the Packers and Ted Thompson in particular for a very, very long time. Um, and what I'm talking about is a guy that just got paid, and rightly so, because he's a great dude and a good player, and that's Mr. Micah Hyde. Now, the narrative as it typically goes is that Micah Hyde was always a very good football player, 
We should have signed him. We decided to let him walk. Somebody else pays him. He's been a very good football player for a long time, and the Packers are very stupid for that. I'm fine with that narrative because I've always been a big Micah Hyde fan. He was one of those guys that I always looked at and said, every time he's on the field, he does a good job, and they never put him on the field, and it drove me nuts. They didn't like his athletic profile, whatever it was. I'm not exactly sure, but he just never had a great reputation. And it's not just me. I think everybody kind of felt that way, as you can see by, again, the continued narrative. However, a couple things to note. Number one, as a Green Bay Packer, via PFF, the guy was never that good. His rookie year was his best year. He had a 71 overall grade, 84 run defense, 81 tackling. His coverage, though, was a 66. As a safety, his coverage was a 66. His grade went from a 71 to a 63 to a 65 to a 64. That's what Micah Hyde was as a Packer. In his final year with Green Bay in 2016, he gave up six touchdowns just by himself. He also had four picks and six pass breakups, but still, he gave up six touchdowns. He also gave up 642 yards, which is a lot of yards. He was never really that good. He goes to Buffalo. Remember, his highest grade here was as a rookie at 71. His last year was a 64. It's been a downward swing basically since day one. He goes to Buffalo year one, 87.7. Now, if you want to say that's an indictment on Dom Capers, I'm all I'm with you 100%. We've had a real bad history of defensive coordinators that can't seem to get the best out of their guys. But I think the problem is we keep blaming the GMs. We're saying the GMs can't find talent. The G- First of all, that's not true. The GMs have done a great job finding talent. But secondly, I think we've had some talent that's just not being properly used. For example, Blake Martinez. He was very good. Then we hire Mike Pettin. He suddenly goes to garbage. Then he goes to the Giants. He's really, really, really good again. That's the defensive coordinator's fault, not the guy that drafted him's fault. The guy that drafted him can only say, hey, he's got talent, make it work. Second thing I want to note about Micah Hyde He's not what he was. At 30 years old, Micah Hyde is not what he was. That first year with Buffalo, 87. The second year, 84. After that, 77. 2020, 70. He's still good. But the idea that he's some kind of a a Goliath, not so much anymore. He basically had two really good years as a football player since 2013. Every year basically has been better than what he was with the Packers. But the fact of the matter is we didn't know how to use the guy. He was a decent football player for us, especially with some of these defenses we had that were so garbage that even Micah Hyde being mediocre was still one of the better players on our team. But he was never worth the amount of money that he wanted to get paid. Not for the Packers. For Buffalo, steal. But again, we also have 2017 and 18 locked into our brain. You don't hear about Micah Hyde as much anymore. You don't hear about him being some kind of an elite prospect as much anymore. 2017, his first year with Buffalo, he had five interceptions. He's never had five with the Packers. He gave up three touchdowns, only 282 yards, had five interceptions and eight pass breakups, a passer rating of 63.5. And so again, he blows up, he's all over the news, this guy's really good, who is this guy, I don't even know, apparently the Packers had him, they're stupid, they don't know how to play defense, but this guy's really, really, really good. And that's just been burned into our heads, so even today when you see that Micah Hyde got paid, it's like, dude, he's so good, why did we let him go? We let him go because he was not good here. He was fine, he was decent, he was not an elite football player. He was not worth a massive amount of money from the Packers, unless we had wanted to get a new defensive coordinator who knew how to use him. Wouldn't make any sense. So those are my two points on Micah Hyde. He was not anywhere near as good as a Packer as he was when he went to Buffalo. Number two, he's nowhere near as good now as he was two, three years ago, four years ago. Still a good football player, 
still very happy for him that he went to a better environment, that he got paid a bunch of money, that he, they're showcasing his talents properly, but it wouldn't have done any good to pay him. We would have overpaid him and not used him correctly, which is an indictment of the Packers, but not Ted Thompson. The Raiders have released Richie Incognito. Um, I think there's very little chance that Richie Incognito would come here. By that, I mean I don't think the Packers would want to take the guy that's had some very, very serious issues. I mean, I'm not going to rag on the guy for having mental health issues, but he is a walking mental health issue. He is also 37 years old. However, the guy is a freak. He really is. I mean, it's kind of a shame that he's had so many issues, um, you know, with life. Because the guy is just, I mean, basically since year three with L.A., the guy's been a very good football player, and he just doesn't ever get bad at it. Like, he hasn't gotten worse at all. Since 2008, his PFF grades have been 71, 77, 77, 74, 73, 82, 77, 76, 74, 74. Last year it was an 81, but he only played two games. He's just one of those weird guys where it's just, his DNA is just different. He's still very good at football. But again, he's 38 years old and, you know, whatever else is going on with him. But it's, uh, it's, he's, he's a remarkable specimen of a human being, that's for sure. Speaking of, um, one of the mocks that I did was of the Raiders. I feel bad for that team. I've been talking for a while about how much I respect John Gruden and what he's done with that team and being able to win games that he has no business winning because they have one of the worst rosters in football. Going through their roster in depth, I, I, I stand by what I've been saying for a while, and this is what I've heard um, listening to different people who are quote-unquote insiders and whatnot, that Mike Mayock is kind of a joke, that his own scouting staff when he got hired did not respect him. They said he was basically a joke. I mean, he's, he's, he's the top tier when it comes to media guys, but when it comes to actual NFL scouts, he's not worthy of being a GM. Um, I think he gets a lot of cover because he's a media guy and, and, you know, guys like Daniel Jeremiah are never going to come out and just trash the Raiders and the job they're doing drafting because Mike Mayock is there. And obviously they get all kinds of insiders. You know, if, if things get leaked to the media, maybe that can work in your, to your favor, having Mayock as your GM. But I mean, it's, it's brutally bad, the job that he's doing. Brutally, horribly bad. He's terrible. Now, Maybe John is the one pulling all the strings and Mike Mayock is just a figurehead, in which case John Gruden is a terrible GM. Whatever the situation is, and I tend to think it might be a little bit of both, it's not good at all. And I know a lot of people are going to look at their running back and say that, oh no, they've got a really good running back. Dude, I can't even express to you. Henry Ruggs was one of the worst wide receivers in football last year. That uh, Jonathan Abram, the safety that they got a couple years ago, is one of the worst safeties in football. They signed the top two linebackers in free agency last year, and one of their top needs in the draft is a linebacker, and both of those free agents are signed for a long time. They're not going anywhere. Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski are both on the team. Every Raiders fan says linebacker is one of their biggest needs. They're both still on the team. They're trash. So again, if you need a little pick-me-up, and, and you're still of the mind that the Packers don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to draft, oh my goodness. Aside from a couple hits, it's not just that they've got misses because everybody's got misses. It's how bad these misses are. And free agency. It's not. They went out and got LaMarcus Joyner, too. LaMarcus Joyner is no different than uh, Corey Littleton. And there's a lesson here for a lot of people. There are certain guys who are not good football players that for some reason the stars align and they have a really, really good year. I've talked about, what is his name? Not Richard Sherman, the other one. Josh Norman. Josh Norman is a great example of a guy that had one good year, got paid massive money to go somewhere, and was just trash. 
because the guy's not actually good. He just had a good year. The Raiders have fallen for that trap twice. Corey Littleton was a good football player for one year. He is an undrafted free agent in 2016. His PFF grade in 2016 was a 55, a 60, a 67, then a 79. He had one really good year. His coverage grade was an 82. Oh my goodness, he's so good. This year, a 47. 47. Terrible. LaMarcus Joyner, 59, 57, 67, 90.9. Oh my goodness, he's so good. Guess what he's been with the Raiders? 47, 53. Don't fall into these traps. And I've had several people kind of reach out about some free agents that are similar, right? They're not very good football players, but man, they really broke out this past year. And sometimes that can work. That's kind of what happened with uh, Sedarius. Granted, he's already started to regress back to what he was with Baltimore outside of that one good year with the Packers. But I just, I don't see how, I don't think there's a lot of really good examples of a guy having one good year and he stays at that good year. In other words, his big breakout happened in year four. It's happened. Pretty rare, though. Usually what you are in, in years one, two, and three is what you kind of are. And year, flu- year four is more likely to be a fluke than a breakout year. And so I'm just, I'm really just not interested in that kind of stuff. That's why I would rather have like an incognito for a year because he's just consistent. Right? He's, the, he's the same guy every year. Now, I'm not saying I want him incognito because I don't, but I'd rather have something like that. A guy that's like in the 70s but has been for five, six, seven years straight as opposed to a guy that's been terrible his whole career and then had one big breakout year. Just getting getting caught up in all the flashy things. Oh, he's what if what if this was his breakout and we can get him and and he's he's only so many years old and, and we get him for the next 5 years and he's going to be the best safety in football rather than just getting a guy that's good. Nah, I'll take the guy that's just good. Especially when you're the Green Bay Packers, just good filling a hole is massively important. That's all you need. You don't need elite in every single position. Take the safe route, take the guy that's just good. I'm not saying that's the case every time. But rather than if, if you're talking about a high risk as opposed to a safe good, high risk elite or safe good, just give me the safe good. I'm not willing to tie up all this money in a guy that's going to be terrible and, and it's an embarrassment and it just hurts us down the road. No, nah, we're not playing that game. Anyways, I'm at about the halfway mark, so we're going to take a break here. I want to talk about the Bears and Russell Wilson, um, a couple other options and NFL news, et cetera, et cetera. I want to give a shout out to a couple people with their five star iTunes reviews. Again, not all of these seem to be popping up, but. Um, Thank you to everybody that's doing that. Again, if you wouldn't mind switching over to my actual podcast on iTunes, I'm trying to get that pushed up as high as I can. Right now, I'm ranked like 57th on, on iTunes rankings. I don't know. How, I'm behind like ballet dancing and bridge club for 90-year-old ladies podcast. Pretty much every podcast having to do with anything is above mine right now when you type in pack. And I'm trying to rectify that. But thank you very much to... Um, fan of Robin for your five-star iTunes review. I greatly appreciate that. And thank you, Michael Adams from Florida. Assuming I'm reading that correctly. Really, really appreciate your help trying to get these, uh, this iTunes thing figured out. There is also some kind of an issue with these things popping up twice on iTunes. I'm not exactly sure what to do about it. Um, and from everything I've seen, iTunes is the worst tech support in the world, which does not surprise me at all. But I got to figure something out. But if you wouldn't mind trying to support the podcast any way you can, again, the biggest thing that you can do is just spread the word, let the people know the good news. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. 
Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me. A Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, so there is news out there that the Bears are making a really hard push for Mr. Russell Wilson. This primarily is coming from Mr. Brad Biggs, who covers the Chicago Bears. Apparently, this is a big name for Chicago Bears beat writers, and his words carry a good amount of weight, meaning this is probably true. To be fair, none of this should surprise us. Um, Again, remember, what we're talking about is not that the Bears are leading the charge in terms of being top of of Russell Wilson's list, or that this is close to being done. What it means is that the Bears want Russell Wilson more than they want anything else. The way that Brad Biggs put it um, when he put it into a Twitter tweet is that uh, the cap-crunched Bears can put Russell Russell Wilson at the top of their want list and go from there in sorting through different combinations. In other words, they have a list of things that they would like to accomplish, and they put Russell at the top of that list, and they'll see if they can find a way to get him. Again, this has nothing to do with Russell Wilson wanting to go to Chicago. Now, maybe he does. I can't think of any reason in the world Russell Wilson would want to go to Chicago, other than to just infuriate Packers fans. That's the only reason I can think of that, Packers, Vikings, Lions. But this is where this kind of overlaps with a separate rumor. And, and I just, I don't know why this would happen. I can't think what the long-term strategy would be, but apparently, according to Adam Schefter, let me just read the tweet here. Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, his agent Mark Rogers told ESPN. Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle, but if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. Think about that for a minute. I know the immediate reaction is, oh, shoot, it could actually be the Bears. But but really think about this. First of all, who said this? Is this Russell Wilson or is this his agent or who said this? I mean, we, we've heard about lists that came out about J.J. Watt, and it turns out that was just silly. Explain to me how these four teams make any sense. We're also being told that Russell Wilson wants more control over his destiny. He wants to be considered this great quarterback. Obviously, he wants to win. Everybody wants to win. It's not just about money. Seattle's paying him plenty of money. If he gets traded, he's not getting more money. They're just getting the new contract, and he's just playing for a different team. 
I can't find a benefit to any of these teams outside of the Saints who have no way of trading for Russell Wilson because they have no money. What is one what what is one thing the Cowboys, Raiders, and Bears offer? I'm I'm, I'm serious. It's not just being a biased Packer fan. Explain to me if you're if you're Russell Wilson, you can go to any team you want, with the exception of a couple like Chiefs and probably Packers and Buffalo. You know they they're good. If you're if you're a Bears fan listening, honestly tell me that on a list of four teams, you would put the Bears on that list. Even Bears fans don't like the GM and head coach in Chicago. Is it because he wants a great defense? No. The Raiders and Cowboys have terrible defenses. I mean, tell me one thing the Raiders have. Defense is a joke. The offense is a joke. The the staff is more or less a joke. I kind of like John Gruden, but he's kind of seen as a joke. Mike Mayock is a joke. Does he want a good offensive line? No. The Cowboys' offensive line is falling apart. The Raiders' offensive line is putrid. The Bears' offensive line is horrible. Does he want weapons? He kind of has weapons in Seattle. Cowboys have weapons. Saints have a weapon. Raiders don't really have any really good weapons. The Bears are not going to have any weapons. Explain it to me. What is it? Well, he just wants to be in Chicago. Oh, right. The state that has more people fleeing than any other in the world. Russell Wilson just can't wait to get in there. For what? Just wants to be in the big city? Then go to New York. Go to the Jets. Why wouldn't the Jets be on the list if he just wants to be in a big city? It's a lot of cities. That's where all the... I mean, go to go to Atlanta. Atlanta's got a big city. And Julio. Why wouldn't Atlanta be on this list? They're just as good as the rest of these teams, which is to say not very good. I mean, I'm not trying to just outright dismiss it. Maybe it's real, but there's just no way. <laughs> At least the J.J. Watt rumors kind of made sense. Granted, he went to a team that really doesn't make sense, so maybe... What's wrong with Carolina? I mean, they're not good, but why isn't that an option? Denver, they stacked that team with so much. I mean, they got a defensive head coach who's building up that defense. They got everything on that offense is ready to go except a quarterback. Why not go to Denver? Indianapolis would be perfect. Granted, they already got a quarterback because they're stupid, but that would have been perfect. Could go to Detroit, play with Galladay, trash otherwise, but whatever. Minnesota. I'm sure they take you arms wide open. You got one of the best wide receiver duos in football. You got one of the best running backs in football. You're going to get a rebuilt defense. Offensive line isn't much better, but, you know, you'll make it work. Why are they just not on the list? Well, it's too cold. Chicago's cold. (laughs) And you play outside. It's colder. You wouldn't go to Miami if they're willing to trade, which apparently seems to be a thing. They don't seem super stoked about Tua, I guess. I don't know. You wouldn't go to Miami? What, not a big enough, cool enough, hip enough city for you? Miami? Warm? Ocean, beach, all that stuff, none of that intriguing to you? San Francisco, are you kidding me? To be able to play under Kyle Shanahan? Look what happened with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Why would you not go to San Francisco in a drop of a hat? Obviously, there wouldn't be a trade that took place, but whatever. You force yourself out, I don't know. Should at least be on a list, even if you know you're not going there. The Patriots, you're not going to put the Patriots on a list and play for Bill Belichick, one of the, maybe the greatest coach of all time? I just don't buy the list, dude. I don't buy it. It doesn't make any sense. And you can make sense of Dallas if you wanted to because of the weapons that they have and the running back and, I guess, a halfway decent offensive line. You can definitely make sense of the sense of the Saints because of everything that they've got going. Raiders and Bears, that's a joke. But again, why, who made this list and why? If you're just trying to throw out, you know, fake stuff, what, what is the rationale? What, what is this doing for you? What is the benefit of this? You're just trying to, you know, get the other team. Maybe these are the four teams he doesn't want to go to. And he's trying to get the rest of the teams to kind of jack up their price to try to, quote-unquote, get back into it. Because he has no interest in going to the Bears. He has no interest in going to the Raiders. You know, doesn't want to play for Dallas, that dysfunctional organization. He knows as much as the Saints would be great, they can't pay him. So they just put a list together of four teams 
that are not on the list to try to get the other teams to up their bids, maybe. That makes more sense than, than he actually wants to go to these teams. It's just, it's silly. It's ab- and, 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 and if he ends up going to Chicago, I, I just, I, I want to just sit down with Russell Wilson and say, what is wrong with you? Good. You absolute moron. You're going to ruin whatever legacy you have by coming to Chicago, where quarterbacks go to die. Well done, stupid. Look forward to beating you over and over and over and over and over again, as we have the last several times we've met. Congratulations, dummy. There's no way in the world. I'm sorry, Bears fans. You wouldn't go play for the Bears if you had the opportunity. And I tend to think the Bears know that. I mean, even when you look at what this Brad Biggs had to say, I mean, they're working on it, but they, they, they got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Right, we got all kind of, you know, according to Ryan Pace, we got different combinations of things that we're working on, trying to figure things out or whatever. If, if Russell Wilson actually said, hey, I want to come to Chicago and your competition is Dallas, the Raiders, and the Saints, you know the Saints aren't actually competition. You have to assume the Raiders aren't competition. So you're competing with Dallas, who's probably bringing Dak back. Um, yeah, all I would do all day is try to bring in Russ, and I would make sure that I get him. Because your only actual competition is um, the Raiders, and at least you guys have somewhat of a competent defense. The Raiders are a joke. But that's not happening. That doesn't... It's just stupid. I mean, I get that it's off-season and the off-season's weird, but at least some of the stuff you can kind of rationalize where it comes from. This doesn't make any sense. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And it's Adam Schefter reporting it. And I'm sure he's just relaying somebody else's nonsense. I mean, are these guys just getting bored? Like, watch this. I'm... I'm <laughs> hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Adam. I'm going to tell him there's four teams on a list. Get this. Cowboys. <laughs> hold on, hold on. The Saints, the Raiders, and the freaking Bears. <laughs> he's going to tweet it out, too, because he's an idiot. That's the only thing. I mean, that again, that also would make sense. That might make more sense than all the other theories I've posited so far. Because these guys will run with anything. I would do that. If people are bugging me all day long, texting me, texting me, texting me, what do you got? What's going on? What's going on with Russ? <laughs> Eventually, I'd just be like, yeah, dude, he wants to go to, uh, you know, he's thinking about going to the Arena League. Big market out there, and super into it, you know. <laughs> Just stupid stuff. Anyways, in other news, the uh, Zach Ertz rumors are flying back up again. We've been hearing this for the last two two years or so. Year two, three years, I don't know. But Michael Silver popped up again. Multiple teams have called the Eagles about the possibility of trading for three-time Pro Bowler Zach Ertz. The deal could happen in the coming days, according to two sources familiar with the talk. So that's probably, I'm guessing that's going to happen. You've got NFL Network around the NFL... Michael Silver all saying, hey, this is, there's a lot of teams calling, and it sounds like they're getting close to a deal. I'm guessing that's about to happen. Do I think it could be the Packers? I'm very heavily leaning toward no. It just it doesn't make any sense. I think the Packers like their tight ends. They got one guy that they like a lot and two guys that I think they believe can grow. Aside from that, he's going to cost a decent chunk of money, and he's not good at football anymore. I mean, we can play the dysfunction card if we want. We can say, listen, he's still good at football. This past year was terrible because it's the Eagles, and the Eagles are just the worst. And granted, not the worst argument in the world considering how far of a fall he had from 2019 to 2020. Granted, he's been on a general decline from 2017, 18, 19, and then just hit a cliff. If we look at the grades since 2017, 80, 75, 72, 57. He didn't, I mean, he had one game where he graded out positively. That was against the Packers, obviously. That was it. 57, 60, 60, 50, 50, 70, 50, 50, 40, 50. Just rounding for the sake of saying it faster. Since week four, every single game was 50s with one game in the 40s, except for the Packer game, obviously, one game in the 70s. 
which is, man, that's embarrassing. Why do we have to be the one team that's just terrible? <laughs> Come on. One team he did well against. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But no, I just, I don't, I mean, he's 30 years old, got a couple injuries, not a good run blocker at all. He's just a receiver. Last year, he was not a good receiver. It's just, there's nothing about it that's appealing to me. I usually say in these instances, am I going to get excited? Yes, I'm going to be doing backflips and all. I don't even know if I'd be excited about this. I mean, maybe I would try to talk myself into it. I would start getting excited. Uh, Possibilities. Obviously, the Packers think that he's the 2019 version, not the 2020 version, which is great. I don't know. I just, I don't want him to do it. They they have very limited resources, which is the biggest reason it's not going to happen. But I mean, if they're going to take a swing on somebody, this is your, this is your one thing, a tight end. Just, ugh, don't, don't do it. Uh, A couple of little things. Apparently the Buccaneers are working on an extension with um, Tom Brady. So that's fantastic. We get 60 more years of that guy. So tired of it. So unbelievably tired. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how things are going to go because they've got a lot of work to do to try to keep that thing stoked up. I don't know how possible that is. We'll have to see how it goes. There's a lot of free agents that are going to want a lot of money, and I just don't know that that's going to happen. But apparently that's a thing, so that's great. I was really hoping he would just cement his legacy. Look, I one year, I pop in. I won a Super Bowl in my first year with a brand new team. There's no questions anymore. I'm the greatest of all time. It can't be debated. He walks off into the sunset. At biggest mic drop in sports history. Nope, I'm coming back. I want an extension. Like, just go away. Um, one thing to keep an eye on, according to Jim Nagy, who runs the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl, uh, big NFL draft guy. One thing NFL teams are valuing during this year's COVID-impacted draft cycle are which players made big jumps in 2019 to 2020. The reason? Proven work habits. Strong indicator those players found creative ways to work outside a structure of their school strength program. Because obviously you can't go in and work in the gym. And there's also probably a lot of, you know, a lot of the teams are expecting you to do your work on your own. And so not only are you looking for big jumps, in other words, if a guy can improve in that year, you're really, you know, you're doing it without any help. Kudos to you. There are a lot of guys who had really bad 2020s. For example, guys like Marvin Wilson, the defensive tackle, really fell off. That's got to be a massive red flag because the thought process there is suddenly you don't have somebody hovering over you. You don't have a mandatory this, that, or the other. You have to show up. You have to do the work. There's a coach sitting right there telling you what to do. Push this, pull this, jump on that. We're going to practice. We're doing this, 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 this. I mean, I'm sure there's some practice and everything else, but he fell off big. And the thought process is you're sitting around eating potato chips when you're supposed to be working. You're not putting in the work because you don't have somebody pushing you. And you say, well, obviously when you're in the NFL, somebody's going to be pushing you. So what's the big deal? Big deal is when you start making money, you don't really care anymore. You start making your own decisions and you just don't want a guy like that that's going to be able to make a decision like, I just don't feel like it. On top of that, you got off-season programs. You need guys that in the off-season are going to be grinding. Guys like Rashawn Gary that just work like animals and they don't stop. You don't want guys that are like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, coach. I'm going to read that playbook and uh, study that up and I'll be practicing every day. And he goes off and pulls an Ezekiel Elliott and is on the beach just getting hammered. Or Aaron Rodgers, for that matter, flying all over the world doing whatever he does. It's fine. He's an MVP. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just saying. You're leaning more toward the not doing that kind of stuff. I'm not saying you can't take a couple vacations, but that guy takes 19 vacations in 19 weeks. Um, Pat McAfee's show had a little bit of a uh, uh, Diana Rossini, I believe is her name. Uh, She was on with uh, Pat McAfee, McAfee, whatever. I don't care. And I don't know if she just kind of flippantly threw this out there, but she mentioned that if Aaron Jones doesn't come back, she's heard that Chris Carson could be a name. Now, it sounds like a whole lot of nonsense for somebody that's under the gun on 
television with millions of people watching. Not really television, but, you know, a lot of people watching. And uh, so she kind of threw it. I mean, I've heard Chris Carson. I've heard people talk about Chris Carson. Doesn't have anything to do with the Packers, but I've just heard that name get thrown around. Of course it's an option. He's a free agent running back that fits the profile. What it's, so I'm not putting a lot of stock in it, but just so you know, somebody who is a reporter went on a show and mentioned Chris Carson. So there you go. But anyways, it is 5 o'clock, which means I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I think I'm going to go right now on the Facebooks and ask for a question because we're doing a lot of news and notes. And if there's a lot of news tomorrow, then that's just what we're going to do. But I want to try to get away from news and notes if I possibly can and try to dig into some other stuff. So if you've got some things that are nagging at you, head over to the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. I'm going to post a Q&A thing over there. Drop your question and that's hopefully will be the focus for tomorrow. But otherwise, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.